Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Budweiser's weekday sports beat rolls on on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Every Monday, we welcome in the one, the only Brian Driscoll from IrishBreakdown.com. And today is no different. How are you today, Brian? I am good. And it is good for the rest of the world that there's only one of me. I don't know if it can handle two. You said it, not me. So, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm nothing if not a realist. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, let's, you know, let's get with this topic has kind of died down, I guess, over the weekend, reached its peak by the end of the week last week. I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it. You wrote about it, and I looked at your, your tweet when you tweeted the article for it. You, you had a lot of interaction on that tweet about uh, what you wrote about Brian Kelly after the comments that he made last week, pointing you know fingers back at Notre Dame and all that stuff. I hear you rubbing your hands right now. So you just fire away. <laughs> you just tell me what you think about this whole thing, buddy. I'll be here in about 10 minutes or so. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it hasn't died down uh, if you look on my website. It's okay. It's been the number one red story for me the last four days. It hasn't died down in regards to former players reaching out to me and saying thank you because it needed to be said. Uh, it's died down on Twitter because I, there's just not a lot for people to say other than either Can, I agree with you or I'm an LSU homer and you're wrong. So, I mean, <laughs> you're it, an LSU homer, huh? Oh, they're right. an LSU homer. I got you. I got you. Right. Because the, the only response I ever get is, well, did what is what he's saying untrue? And they want to point to the facility standpoint. I'm like, no one at Notre Dame is saying that Notre Dame has the nation's number one facilities or that they don't need an on site chef or that there isn't a need for their nutrition program to be upgraded. That is absolutely true. But is that the reason you didn't win? And my whole thing, Sean, is when when you do the best that you can and you put everything on the table, say, hey, look, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this, we've literally done all we can, and it's not good enough because the school's not supporting you, then you can then say, hey, I'm complaining about this, right? But when you're not willing to put in the work on the recruiting trail, when I have former player after former player after former player after former player saying he would meet with us when we came back for winter break and then we wouldn't see him again till we started spring ball. Wow. Over and over and over. When, when I've got former coaches and assistant coaches saying, we used to beg him to call kids and he just, just wouldn't do it. Every now and then he'd find a kid that he really liked and he'd call him. When those things are going on, don't talk to me about not having an on-site chef. Don't talk to me about the new nutrition program being the problem. Yeah. You're the problem at that point in time. When your players don't believe that you care about them at all, that's not because you don't have an on-site chef. That's not because you know you don't have the nutrition program that you should have. And that was the kind of the, the reason for the snarkiness in my article of, you know, you know, Notre Dame, you know, going, it's not Brian Kelly's fault that he decided to go for two when you're, when you're already up 11 <laughs> in the fourth quarter against Northwestern, which allowed a three and six Northwestern team to come back and tie the game up mm -hmm. when you should have never done that. Wasn't your fault. It was the fact you don't have an on-site chef, right? And, and it's things like that that make me say, look, 
if you if you truly did everything that you could do and it wasn't good enough, I'd be sympathetic to what you're saying. But you didn't. Everyone around the program knows you didn't. And this is nothing more than what we've seen from Brian Kill over the years. It's an it's a it's a scripted and organized sort of PR campaign from a guy who came up with a political background that's meant to change the narrative verbally as opposed to putting in the work to change the narrative. Right. And, you know, spin, I think we could spin city. Yeah, yeah, exactly it, Sean. And it's like last year when we're when we're getting the whole like all of a sudden I see tweets and articles from all over about how this is the best coaching job that that Brian has ever done. And I'm like, where did this all come from in a week? You know, it's like in 2019 after the Michigan and Virginia Tech game, when all of a sudden there's like four or five different articles about Phil Dracovic. Like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Phil Dracovic didn't play in those games. How is this Phil Dracovic's fault? Right. And, and you start to see that, you know, and it's like, okay, here we go again, right? This is where we've been for years. And it's no nothing different at LSU. And I think the the more interesting question would be, why? What was the reason for it? What was the reason for the shots at Notre Dame? And, and honestly, Sean, if it would have just been about the excuses for, you know, the nutrition and all that, I probably wouldn't have said anything because I'm ready to be done with Brian Kelly. But when he said in there, I want to be around players that want to be great, that's like the third time he said that. Yeah. He said it in his LSU introductory press conference. I let it slide because he's just trying to endear himself to his he new has team, to, right. whatever. Play right? to his but new this base. This is the third yeah. time he said this in a very public fashion. And at that point in time, it's like, you know what? It's time to clap back a little bit, and and uh, you know if he just would have kept his freaking mouth shut, then I, I you know I, I wouldn't be I didn't wake up that day saying I want to write about Brian Kelly, you know uh, it just but it needed to be it needed to be responded to, and um, I'm I'm not gonna lie if I didn't say I wasn't uh, I wasn't uh, take a little joy in the, that I was the one that was able to do that. And to you be know, honest with you, what was so curious to I mean there are a lot of things curious about it, but. There are two different articles on two different outlets, you know, two, a couple on national the outlets. The, the same day they come out, you've got the Associated Press and you've got CBS Sports, two different writers. But basically, the agenda was the same for him. You know, there was it was all the same kind of stuff in both of them. So there was obviously, for whatever reason, he felt like this was a narrative that, that he really needed to be pushing. I, I, and why I guess at this point is, is the question to me, but. And I've thought a lot about that, to be honest with you, like, what was, what was the point of this? You know, is it, is it that, you know, recently there's been some articles, I wrote an article last week and, and, you know, I think I've been living rent free in Brian Kelly's head the last couple of years based <laughs> on things that I've been told over and over again from people inside the program. Uh, but, you know, I wrote an article about why Brian Kelly would, or Marcus Freeman would win at Notre Dame. And maybe where the previous guy didn't, maybe there's the stuff about all the traditions that Marcus Freeman is bringing back. And Brian Kelly, you know, felt like, you know, his legacy wasn't getting enough love and respect because we all know he's obsessed with that. Uh, if he was as obsessed with actually winning as he was about his legacy, maybe he actually would have a legacy that, you know, people would want to maybe take a little bit more pride in. And in one that would include, I don't know, winning a that was the funny thing about the one article like oh the rings and all i'm like they give out rings for losing in the playoff and the losing major bowls like you know like the guy never won a major bowl game never won in the playoff never won in the bcs game went like what three and 16 in his career against top 10 teams it's like you know 
oh, he's won the most games ever. That's a longevity award. He also lost more games than any coach in Notre Dame history. You know, I mean, so, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where maybe there was something to that or maybe he's he's uh, setting the tone for, well, when Marcus Freeman wins, it's because the school gave him what it never gave me, which is a lie. Right. Because they still don't have someone running their nutrition program, in my opinion, from what I'm told if it if it's changed it's changed recently which is that's not good that's not that's that's a problem but you're not going to hear marcus freeman complaining and whining about it to the media but that's the reality of it you know the other and Go ahead, John. I, I did, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were no. kind of... If you didn't, we were going to talk for till like next 35 yeah, minutes, so the, it needed to be done. Right. I mean, the nutrition aspect, it, it still needs to be improved. And But, like, the Definitely. thing with the chef, it's like he's trying to... He, you know, he called them box lunches that his players... Which I mean, is a lie. He's trying to make people think that he's that, that he's given them a, a, a sub sandwich and a bag of chips. Right. You know, that's... It's a flat that's, out lie. For, could not be further from the truth. He completely mischaracterized it. And I know this isn't just a it. guess, Sean. This isn't a guess. You've been in the Goog when they've been yes. feeding players. I've been yes. in the Goog when they're feeding players. Trust me. They're eating well. Yes. Now, do I think they should provide more meals in the Goog? Yes, I do. Uh, but does it really matter if the food is being, uh, like, from it, it's a logistic problem. Right. That's it. The food it's is there when like, the players need it. Right. right. And now it's being cooked somewhere else and been being brought over there. I mean, I... Is that is like so? It's like okay, I'm getting the Roots Chris steak, but in one instance I'm eating it there, and the other instance is being delivered to my house. It's right. still a Roots Chris steak, right? Exactly. And and that's what he's complaining about. It, but but that's what he does, right? And and you know someone doesn't have the truth on their side when they have to lie about things. And that's why I've always said is if you can stick to the truth to make your point, then you have a point to make. But Brian Kelly's never been able to do that with Notre Dame. And the thing that bothers me is. There's a lot of people that wanted him gone after 2016. A lot, and I'm not talking fans. I'm talking people. I've been told this by very credible sources. Very prominent people at Notre Dame were ready to be done with Brian Kelly, except for one very important person, and that's Jack Swarbrick. Now we could argue whether it was the right decision or wrong decision, whatever the case may be. But there was one person that had Brian Kelly's back at that time. And it was Jack Swarbrick. So, and he who's given Brian Kelly pay raise after pay raise and has stepped up whenever brian kelly had a need jack swarbrick got it done for him sometimes it takes a little bit longer because the way notre dame does things but he always got brian kelly what he wanted and needed so to see him throw jack swarbrick under the bus now too is just another example of brian kelly doesn't care about anyone but brian kelly yeah and no matter how long you serve him or how loyal you are to him the minute you don't help him he's going to throw into the bus and if i could tell you publicly and i won't because it's not pg-13 the things he said to some of his coaches that decided not to go with him, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Because if you if you if if you're not on the Brian Kelly hype train, then you're someone that needs to be to be destroyed. And that's why he he doesn't have a a, a lot of love lost from a lot of his former players. And they have too much respect in the university to speak up. But if my DM and my Twitter and my phone calls and my emails are any indication. Uh, there's a lot of people that wanted to say what I was able to say about Brian Kelly and the things he said and has done in regards to how he treated his former players and how he treated the, the Notre Dame program. And, you know, there's a reason he was never close to Lou Holtz. And Marcus Freeman, from what I'm told from several former players, is actually very close to Lou Holtz. It's, it's just a mindset of one guy values what Notre Dame has to offer and what Notre Dame can do for him, and the other guy always looked at Notre Dame as what it can, you know, what – he can do for it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, I'm this, you know, you're only good because of me and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, brother, 
being the standard at Notre Dame isn't being better than Charlie Weiss and Bob Davey and Tyrone Willingham. You're eighth all time in, in win percentage of coaches who've been here at least five years. You coached here longer and you coached during an era where you played 12 or 13 games every year. You know, the, 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 the gap between him and Lou Holtz and win percentage is monumental, you know, because, and, and you look at the record versus top 25 teams, it's not even close. Jack Swarbrick also gave you such a watered down schedule that you could go 11 and one last year and not beat a single ranked opponent. Tony Rice in two years as the starting quarterback won more games against top 15 teams in two years than Notre Dame has won since the post-2016 turnaround. <laughs> in five years, in two years, in 88 and 89, Notre Dame beat more top 15, top 25 teams than Notre Dame has beat the last five years combined. <laughs> That's amazing. That's I... what happens when you can make arguments with the actual <laughs> facts and data. <laughs> it, is, it, it was obviously, as you've outline there a very high maintenance relationship that you know Jack Swarbrick had to keep giving and giving to Brian Kelly to continually appease him and it and it and it sounds like here towards the end because you know like some of the reports that it may have been from you and some other people as well just that Brian Kelly's agent I believe was was calling in that last week Mm -hmm. trying to you know trying to work you know the next the next gift, you know, the next shiny new mm-hmm. toy, you know, that he wanted, you know, if he was going to stay around. And it sounds like mm-hmm. Jack Swarbrick did finally, you know, kind of put his foot down and it was like, put up or shut up. It's like, we've given it, you it all these really things. The whole year. Yeah, it's yeah like, it, was we, really, it was really the whole year, Sean. And, and, and it's, it's why Brian Kelly, the week before the Wisconsin game, if you go, go back and research what he said to Joel Klatt before the Wisconsin game. And, and you just see that the groundwork had been laid. That was what the whole greatest coaching job ever, uh, you know, he's done. Is that where was that started? About. It was him using his pawns, right, to talk about his great coaching job so that he could go back to Jack Swarbrick and be like, see? You know, and, and, and Jack Swarbrick finally had had enough. Was like, I just gave you a big pay raise. You've already earned enough money to lose bowl games, right? And, <laughs> and if you want another pay raise, go win one. Win of a games. championship, yeah. Exactly. And, and that's what it would boil down to. And good for Jack Swarbrick to, to finally say enough is enough. Right, if you'd spend as much time coaching as you do trying to complain about what you don't have, you might actually be able to do something. And that's the thing for me: is is Notre Dame perfect? Heck no. Are there improvements Notre Dame needs to make institutionally as a program? Absolutely. There's plenty that can be done, but that's not what kept you back because you didn't put in the time and the investment, you know, as the head coach to maximize your program. And and if you don't do that, then you really don't know what exactly your program needs to do. And that's my whole point. If you're not investing the right amount of time and energy on the things that you know you have and that you need to do, like, I don't know, recruiting, well, then you can't tell me exactly. You, you're not going to have as good of a gauge on what the problem actually is. Well, that's remember after they had lost to Alabama and then signing day came up, you know, what, a month and a half later or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And, you know, the, the, the stuff was getting out about, you know, Brian Kelly not being that hot on the, you know, and, and being reluctant mm-hmm. to recruit and had to be the closer and all those different kind of things. And then remember the the, oh, yeah. the signing day press conference where it we got the new Brian narrative. Kelly, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a bunch of Brian Kelly hype men talking about Brian Kelly. Right. And that's exactly what it was. It's like you don't you wouldn't need to do this if you were out there doing the job. Right. And, you know, and, and the whole thing to me is it was constantly talking down to players. And I actually it's funny. I put a tweet up a couple weeks ago about some stuff. Brian Kelly's mantra was, 
basically however many games he won, 113 of them, those were all about him. The 39 games they were lost, that was all about Notre Dame. All he was 113 yeah. to 0, and Notre Dame was 0 and 39. Right. Like that's how his mind works, and it, that's what it always was. It was always about him, and you know, it wasn't. You know, like I said in the article, it wasn't that they threw the ball all the time in the hurricane. It was that Deshaun Kaiser couldn't throw in a hurricane, or <laughs> Sam Mustafer couldn't snap in a hurricane. Right. You know, in all these things, he would always blame the other players, my guys versus Charlie's guys, and all this other kind of nonsense. And it was never about him stepping up. And then when he would kind of half hat you know, half-heartedly say it was on the coaches, there was always some kind of but that really wasn't about him. Mm-hmm. And that's who he was all about. It was it was like just do the work. The whole shopping down a different aisle thing is another example of disrespecting your players. What you're saying, and this is why I hated that phrase, Sean, and you know me, I've hated that from the moment they said it. It's like you're saying my guys aren't good enough. I have to shop down a different aisle because my, and, and which means my guys aren't good enough. That's why we lose to Bama. No, you chose to shop down a different aisle because, hey, let me explain something to y'all. The standards at Notre Dame have not changed since Marcus Freeman was hired as the defensive coordinator. They didn't change at all. But the recruiting but all sudden, rankings have. <laughs> exactly. But all of a sudden, these great players that were in a different aisle than Brian Kelly was willing to shop down before wanted to come to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to finish with the number six recruiting class in the country in 2022 here, coming up soon. And and when you look at it, it was the best class they've had since 2013, which is coming off the 2012 season. And they right now have the number one class in the country, and they're trying to close on some five stars. So all of a sudden, they're shopping down the aisles that Alabama and Ohio State and those teams are shopping down. Why? Did something change at Notre Dame? Not a dang thing except the staff. Right. That's it. 100 percent full stop so that's why i've always despised brian kelly because you didn't do the work you needed to do you blamed everybody else and now the people now that marcus freeman is showing what a fraud you were you now got to try to speak up against notre dame because you're being exposed and i just i'm tired of it and i wasn't having it anymore and you know said what i felt needed to be said yes yes you did um, on the, on the subject of recruiting, and I enjoyed it, by the way, on the subject of recruiting, uh, we're going to have a new guy from IrishBreakdown.com joining us yes. tomorrow. He covers recruiting as well as uh, some NFL draft stuff as well. So tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, his name is Ryan Roberts. And, you know, Ryan had been writing for me for about a year, just kind of helping me out, writing an article here or there. He was a he was a full-time teacher, but he was a big draft junkie, big Notre Dame fan. He's had a Notre Dame podcast in the past. And uh, I, I when I went to hire, you know, put out that I wanted to hire a recruiting person, he said, hey, you know, I know recruiting's not my background, but I'd, I'd love to talk to you. And so I, I interviewed him as a favor, honestly, Sean, because I, I, he's a good guy and he'd done some stuff for me. And he's really good with the draft, like really good with the draft. I was like, yeah, it's recruiting. And I don't know if you understand the thing. And he blew my socks off in the interview and just was prepared in the work ethic and the grind. And so now he's not teaching anymore. This is his full-time gig. He's super happy and he's doing a great job hmm. covering recruiting. So uh, I'm I'm thrilled. And then, of course, I get the bonus of I also have now a draft guy. You know, so I kind of yeah. have a two-for-one. Big time. Um, so he does a great job. We just had Jordan Reed from ESPN on our podcast the other day because Ryan has a relationship with him. We've had a guy from Bleach Report on our, our podcast talking to draft because of that background. But, boy, he's really doing a great job in recruiting. And I think people are going to. He sounds. He sounds like this is kind of funny. His voice literally sounds like Mel Kiper Jr. We really get that all the time. Yeah, okay. Like, oh, he sounds like Mel. He's just got. He's a New Jersey guy, kind of outside Philly. You know, got that East Coast 
little bit of, of speech pattern. And so it's really funny, like if he gets and he doesn't like it, you know? <laughs> he kind of likes it. But it's like, I think he's kind of like, you know, tired of hearing it, uh-huh. you know, but but man, it's like I used to joke with him about it. Like when he first started getting on the podcast, like, oh, my gosh, you sound like you're like Mel Kuyper Jr. Jr. You know, what I mean? <laughs> so if you remember that, that skit from uh, Sammy Money Davis Jr. With, uh, Jr. Jr. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm so glad you know that. But Ryan, Ryan's a great guy too, and, and, a, and a Notre Dame fan as well. So, uh, and he's living out his dream, and we're thrilled to have him as part of the Irish Breakdown. All right, awesome. So we look forward to having Ryan Roberts with us on tomorrow. Real quickly, Brian, what else is going on right now at Irish Breakdown? Well, tons of recruiting. Notre Dame had some big-time visitors on campus this past weekend, so we've got recaps of how all of that went with them. And then, of course, in two weeks, Notre Dame's going to have their spring game, which obviously the spring game part's fun, but there's a lot of big-time players are going to be on campus that weekend. So we'll have a lot about that leading up to it as well. And, uh, of course, we'll continue to talk the NFL draft as we get closer and closer to that. So a lot going on here over these next couple weeks. All right. Sounds great. Great stuff as always, Brian. I will talk to you. Uh, new day. We'll talk to Brian on Mondays and Fridays now. So we won't talk to Brian until Friday, but looking forward to that going into the weekend. Sounds good. Look forward to it. All right. Take care. Brian Driscoll, irishbreakdown.com. Take a time out. More Budweiser's weekday sports beat coming up next. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 